Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And me, Kim, a Eurovision fanatic from Canada. Uh, This is one of our um, DNQ special episodes. This is a special, special episode. Uh, because you know who what the song we're going to look at before we start recording, because this is to tie in with an interview I did with Big Daddy Carsten, who um, I'm not not to spoil spoil you for the song, just a delightful human being. So I'm lovely. so excited that you were able to talk to him, Chris, and like good for you for um, you know reaching out and making the connection and um you had a delightful conversation with him so thanks so much to big daddy karsten for the you know for the interview and i am very excited to check out this this dnq because this will be my first taste of big daddy karsten karsten yeah yeah so um thank you uh big daddy karsten uh for taking some time out uh last week to chat eurovision and a little bit of drag race with me mm. um spoiler alert um big daddy Carsten shares our opinions about candy muse <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah um but yeah it was really nice to chat with uh, him um so and I, I hope that we get to see him at eurovision one day um because i am not a rap music fan it's not something i would go out and listen to but I'm trying not to tell you too much about this song, but I like this song a lot. Um, So I think the best thing to do would be to uh, listen to it and then discuss it. Okay, let's do it. Okie dokie. Oh, I love the lights already. The rainbows. I love it. Yes. Oh, he's wearing a bear costume. I love the backing dancers as well. Oh my God. Yes, the backing dancers are in like... um, Okay. We've got like a sexy sailor. We've got a sexy cowboy. Is are they like all the members of the YMCA? It does feel a bit like that. Oh my god, this is so fun. Oh my god, that is a great fun beat. It's so joyous. It's delightful. I want every outfit those backup dancers are wearing <laughs> and I wish I had the body to pull them off. Like give me that sexy sexy sailor outfit for Halloween. Yeah. Well, I mean uh, Karsten is very body positive, so I'm sure his response to that would be, of course you got the body for it. Everyone has the body to wear what they want. My God. Love the body positivity. I love that lyric. Oh, that was so, that that's, was such a good lyric. So that's, um, you look better when you smile, but you never look ugly. What oh, a gorgeous lyric. So Nice. This is just a delight. It is a rainbow extravaganza. Why didn't this song make it? He was up against the biggest artist in Norway. So uh, the artist who went on to represent Norway has a massive fan base. So Wow. And also, the song that we chose was a really good song as well. Yeah. Oh, I love this. It is so joyful. that so much it actually like made me a little bit teary i know that that's so cheesy but it did no i mean that's yes. great. it's 
so heartwarming that song. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's a po- uh, um, so Big Daddy Carsten is a body positive bear gay uh, rap artist. Um, so that song is very much about you know an open relationship and also saying that to his boyfriend, you know you're mo- beautiful all the time, but especially when you smile. Love, I love. It's such a good it, song. And wouldn't it be awkward would, if you hated that? <laughs> it wouldn't. It would have been. But genuinely, I, you know, like, if I didn't like it, I would say I didn't like it, but I would just be super <laughs> diplomatic about it, <laughs> given that, uh, you know, he was good enough to come on the podcast and give it an interview. Like, I, I would just be, like, really nice about it, but I'd be honest. But so trust when I say that I just absolutely loved this. It was a great song. It was a great message. It was visually delightful. The um the backup dancers. I said <laughs> I couldn't think of the name of the village people, but you knew what I was yes. getting at. But yeah, so it was like it was like sexy modern versions of the village people almost, right? So yeah. it wasn't exactly the same, but there was a sailor and there was like a, a cowboy and there was I think a military jacket and then like you know like a flannel and an undershirt type deal, but like. I don't know. It was just uh, like it felt so um, like inclusive. It just felt like great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we, we we discussed the interview, but, you know, wasn't written with the intention of going to Eurovision. Just written. Mm. And I've, I've, I say it in the interview, um, so I'm going to try not to repeat myself too much, but I, I feel the best songs come from a place where they're not written for the contest with the contest in mind. But if they meet the criteria and they can go forward for a contest, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was just an absolute delight. And uh, I'm so glad that I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been awkward, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm, that um, with Hero, uh, two of my favourite songs from uh, Melody Grand Prix uh, for uh, the 2021 series, or 2021 season, sorry. Um. I think they're just sort of polar opposites. Um, Hero by Rayleigh and uh, Big Daddy Carsten smile. Polar opposites in songs, but I love them both equally. Yes, yeah. Well, and just make um, you feel good. Yeah, they make you feel good. That's in- you cannot argue with that. If it makes you feel good, then they they've done their job right. I, I quite like the um sort of lyrics. Um, who knows? We might end up as a thruple. Don't mean I love you less. Might mean I love you more. Because you might be the one who asks for four. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And and then as we discussed in the song, that beautiful lyric, you look better when you smile, but you never look ugly. Yeah, I caught that. I mean, you know how I am with (laughs) lyrics often, is that like, I think my my brain can only process so much at one time. So it takes me a couple of listens usually to kind of really hear the lyrics. But that one stood out to me immediately. And uh, it just made me smile. And that's that's the title of a song. (laughs) Um, so that was not deliberate, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, a gorgeous song. And, at, uh, Big Daddy Carson, when you listen to this, please, please, I want to see you at Eurovision. If you have another song that fits the criteria and you feel like doing it, please enter again. Because I think we need that sort of stuff at Eurovision. Rap is a music form that is 
very rarely makes it to Eurovision Song Contest. Um, there's been a few instances, but not much. And that has what has gone and hasn't been the best. Um, yeah. So um, I'm looking at you, Daz Sampson. <laughs> Teenage life. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. But I, I want that at Eurovision. I know I can't have that particular song, but I, I've listened to some of um, his, his other music and um, got a song called Cancelled. Uh, that was about cancellation of a lot of things due to COVID last year, mm. uh, including Pride and sort of like, you know, they had a digital Pride in Norway and also has a song coming out very soon, Steps, which I shall link in the show notes. Oh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll give that a listen. Absolutely. Right then. So shall we have a listen to uh, the interview that I got to do with Big Daddy Carsten? Let's do it. La, 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 la. Right, so uh, not a this isn't a thing about Eurovision first, it's now a thing about Eurovision second. We have a guest, and today we have a guest who performed in the Melody Grand Prix in Norway to represent their country. Uh, we have Big Daddy Carsten. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Hi, hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm overjoyed you're joining me to chat about music today. And also we're going to mention drag queens because we've spoken about drag race as well. That's going to get referenced as well. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's please. So let, let's talk Eurovision and Melody Grand Prix first. So you went mm-hmm. to Melody Grand Prix uh, to try and represent your country, Norway, at Eurovision. So for yeah. any listeners who've not heard Smile, your song that you went with yet, could you tell us a bit about the song um, and where it came from? Well, um, Smile wasn't originally made for Melody Grand Prix. And I think that's very important that you don't try to, like think that this song is going to be for this or this song is going to be for that, but that you just like make the songs you want to make. And if it fits the platform, it fits. Um, And uh, the song is a song um, I wrote because I feel um, that um, the theme of the song is something that needs representation in mainstream music. Um, It's a song about an open relationship um, and to uh, remind your your partner <laughs> that uh, he's he's prettier when he smiles than when he bitches and complains about all the guys <laughs> he meets outside the relationship. Um, so yeah, no, I, it's 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 a love song basically, but it's it's with a quite like slightly different perspective than most love songs that you hear yeah. on the radio. It really is a sort of positive, joyful song, I think. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and when you say about it not being written for Melody Grand Prix and therefore not for mm-hmm. Eurovision, I think that's where the best songs that make it uh-huh. to, to Eurovision come from. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that aren't written at a songwriting boot camp. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that come from the songwriter's heart and soul mm-hmm. that mean something to that artist rather than the let's write a three-minute-long song with a key mm-hmm. change, you know, mm-hmm. writing it for... <laughs> The contest. I find those are yeah. always the best songs. Well, like there's there's been good songs that's come out of the camps. Uh, I, it's not a knock to the camps. No. I just think that for me as an artist uh, who base all of my lyrics on uh, self uh, lived things, uh, it would it would be a little weird uh, to not do that and like to think that this is a song that I want to win a competition. 
I think it's more important to write the songs that that feels naturally natural for you to, to make. And if it fits the platform, it fits the platform. And if it don't, it doesn't. And that's why people are like already asking me like, oh, you should make another song for next year. And I'm like, yeah, if I make a song that will fit the platform, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you would enter again if it if it felt right. Oh, absolutely. It was it was a it was an experience of a lifetime. Like it's to have that kind of production and and to meet all those amazing people that's working with with Melody Grand Prix. It's 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 amazing. Like it it really is. And you, you, like people when you like um, uh, watch Tick's interviews as well, he's 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 like the biggest pop star in Norway. And he's like, well, it's, it's an experience that I've never had before. This is something special. This is something, this is something magical and not everybody gets to, gets to do it. And if you get to do it, you should feel blessed and you should make the most out of it because there are no guarantees that you're going to experience it again. Yeah. I think that's that's a good point to raise that uh, Tix is the biggest artist in Norway at the moment because I mean, one of the criticism that gets thrown at the contest in the UK is we could send Adele and not win. Mm -hmm. I disagree. I think the reason we don't win in the UK is we don't send strong enough songs. Mm -hmm. But I think it shows how revered the contest, not just Eurovision, but Melody Grand Prix is in Norway and how people take it seriously. And I think that's a key thing. It's a Yeah, but but I don't think I don't think Tix won the contest just because uh, he's the biggest pop star in Norway. I think Tix won the contest because he wrote a really good song. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people around, especially around Europe, was like Team Kaino. And, and I was Team Kaino as well. <laughs> but when you listen, when you actually listen to the song, it's a good fucking song. And it's, it's, it's catch, it's an earworm. Not only that, but it's it's very uh, in tune with, uh, with the world the way it is right now. We're all feeling a little down. We all need to be thinking, like, uh, we all want to, like, get out of the darkness. Because in, in that's the that's that's the direct translation from the Norwegian lyrics yeah. out of darkness uh, before he 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 rewrote it in English, and uh, it's still the theme of the song. So it's I think it's it, I think it was a smart smart song, and it's a good song, and he deserved it. Yeah, I think for for me, um, Tix, uh, Kino, uh, you, and Rayleigh were my favorites. Any four, Aww. I would have been happy to have had one. Aww. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. No, just all really decent songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so in your semi-final, you came second and made it through to, uh, sadly, you didn't win your final, came second. Then you went through to a second chance round. Now, sadly, mm-hmm. you didn't win, but you certainly gained some fans in the process. <laughs> is, that, is that better than winning in a way? Like the I am, um, like it, I'm a co- very competitive person. I <laughs> used to do a lot. I used I used to be a battle rapper. So <laughs> I've seen. I've seen. It. <laughs> it's not. I didn't understand it obviously because you were rapping in Nor- Norwegian. But yeah, yeah. So like winning does never not not winning does never feel good to me. But it of course it's it's um, like I. Most people knew who I were before the competition, but even more people know who I am now. And it's very weird for me, like getting messages from parents who are telling them, telling me that their kids are requesting to hear my song. That's so good. Because that never happens because my songs <laughs> are usually so explicit that yes. if they are not made for children. <laughs> um, 
But it, and, and I think that's so cool too. Like it's because Smile isn't a very explicit song, even though it it's about um, things that most cishet people deem explicit. Yeah. Like I don't I don't go into detail on sexual stuff. No. But I ta- I, I explain love from a different perspective than the cishet perspective. And I think it's good that kids can grow up with a song like Smile. It's yeah. it, it, I, I, I'm just happy to have contributed into um, what I feel is an important um, important subject in, of, of the past generation, our generation, and probably the next one as well. Yeah. Which is inclusion. I, I completely agree there. Need to teach people that, you know, us people um, in, in the LGBTQ world, mm-hmm. we're just normal people. We're, we're yes. awesome. We're, well, we're, we're, not, we're not normal people, we, but we don't want to be normal. And that's fine, too. <laughs> that's yeah. fine, too. Yeah. So I've got, I've got to ask, because uh, revamps, everyone always talks about revamps when it comes to Eurovision songs. If you had one, would you have made any changes or were you happy with a song as it was? I wouldn't have changed the song. I don't think, like, a lot of, a lot of people are telling me that well, if your uh, stage performance was like a little less uh, femme or a little less gay, you probably would have made it to the finals. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't change it anyways because I did what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and uh, of course, it would be nice to go to the, to the finals, which I think I should have anyway. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> I agree, I agree. <laughs> but um, no, I think that it's important to not lose yourself in the process. And um, when I had the first meeting with NRK, when we discussed the the live show, um, I told them that I just wanted to make pride in the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. And I got to do that. Love it. And I, and I, I love the way it all went down. Like, I don't think, no, I didn't love the way it went down because I obviously <laughs> I didn't win, but, <laughs> but I, I love the way it looked. Yeah. And well, maybe one thing, there's maybe one thing I would have changed, and that's the CGI smile um, uh, animations. Yeah. Because they did look a little tacky in retrospect. But, you know, it's, 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 it was still a part of it, and I, I don't hate it because of it. And it's, it's cool. And I guess they're working with a limited budget for CGI, aren't they, as well? I guess. <sighs> I don't are know. You call, are you calling my country underdeveloped and underfinanced? <laughs> No, because fuck you. <laughs> you do a lot better than the UK. <laughs> oh well, yeah. You're doing you're you're doing better in other in other, in others. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, so what what got you into rap music? What what got me into rap music? Yeah. Well, I, I'm from a very musical home. My my mom uh, was an opera singer. She actually um, went to. Um, the London Opera Center oh, wow. for her um, education. And my dad was very much into music as well. So I, I always knew that I wanted to do something that had to do with music or a stage. Yeah. Uh, but it, when, it was when my dad got a tenant uh, after my, my, uh, my dad and my mom got a divorce. I used to like um, spend weekends at my dad's and he got a tenant who rented like a, a room in his basement. And he used to listen to a lot of rap. 
And I kept like running down his door to listen to rap and he got annoyed with me. So he <laughs> recorded uh, a, a Tupac uh, album from CD to cassette so I could listen to it without running down his door. And I was like, it was, it was just like something about the genre that, for, first of all, it spoke from a minority perspective. It spoke uh, against oppression um, and you can say so much in so little time in a very refined, poetic way um, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't um, too, it didn't, it didn't feel fake. It, it, it felt real. And it, it, even though I understand that a 10-year-old Kushton did not run around in Compton pulling guns or whatever, <laughs> but it's, it, was, it, it was still relatable because I... I was, a, I was a kid who got bullied at school and I, I felt like it gave me, it gave me power and it gave me um, strength to go through my days. And um, like a couple of years later, I wrote my first rap. So, mm. uh, and I stuck with it ever since. I've got to ask, how, how big is the rap scene in Norway? And in the UK, the rap scene doesn't to me seem accepting of gay people very much. Um, mm -hmm. How how is it with you there? Well, like in like in most countries in the world, rap is the biggest genre. It's the biggest genre worldwide. Um, and I am the first openly male gay rapper in Scandinavia, uh, and that. That will tell you that tells you a little bit about the climate yeah. that is for LGBTQI plus people in in this genre. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than what it actually was, um, but also you find out who your real friends in the community are, and sometimes you find out who they are a little bit after you come out because you hear what they say to your face and then you hear what other people say they are saying. And um, I just think it's important to stay true to who you are, no matter what kind of environment you're in. Uh, and it's been a lot better for me after coming out than before coming out. And I think you can hear that in my music as well. My music has gotten better. I'm not, I'm not uh, compromising my music uh, in a way uh, even, even though like my my the sexual part of my music was like 10% of my music before it's not now it's a lot more now but uh, it's <laughs> you found your niche yeah I found my niche um it's still it, it it was good to let loose those you know like last 10% of who I who I am into my music and it it feels more authentic and it feels more real and it feels more reflected and um it gives me a better feeling when I release music and it's also like no matter how big I get, at, like streaming wise or whatever, I will always have a spot in Scandinavian rap history because I'm the first. I'm I'm the one who did that, and and I know that there are more queer people in Norwegian rap, but they're I don't know why they're taking so long to come out. Maybe they don't like the way people have responded to to my shit and uh, or maybe they're afraid to get put in a box which is very true you do get put in a box yeah. but you know it's it's a good box to be in like i i like this box a lot more than the boxes i used to visit so it's 
a little sexual entendre there. Never mind. Uh, it's... <laughs> oh, it's just uh, the penny just clicked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about that. Maybe I would come out sooner, but I, I don't know. It's. I hope that the climate will change, and 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 it is changing. Like the number one song on the Billboard list right now is from a queer hip hop artist. I was gonna with bring that up. Yeah, what a yeah. new song as well. But but it's still getting a lot of shit from his peers. I know in the states, and it's it's weird. Like why are you hating? And what 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 does that have to do you do with you? I saw one of my favorite rappers confronted Lil Nas X about the song and said, "Well, you made children's song." No, he didn't. It didn't make children's song. <laughs> Old Time Road was about drinking lean. Lean is is, is is morphine. Like, come on. Like, stop. And what is what is worse? Like, talking about getting a load shot in your mouth or doing drugs? Mm. Come on. Get definitely, some perspective. Definitely one get is worse than the other. <laughs> like, I have loved both at one point. But, like, who's judging? But it's 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 up to... <laughs> I don't enjoy the drugs anymore. But like you know, it's it's. I think it will. Things will change with time, and I just think it's important to have people um, doing good representation for who we are in the genre, and not backing down and standing our ground. And um, like like the femme guys always have, like there's a lot of, like it, it's it's the one who sticks out who's gonna gonna take most of the hate. And before it was in that way that people who couldn't hide were the ones who had to take it yeah now now like i if i didn't if i wanted to i could probably go through life without without anyone knowing i was gay ever but it feels so much better to just be who you are and put it out there and do your thing like yeah. fuck them indeed that's so good to hear that you are you know happier mm-hmm. now and like you said little nas x uh montero mm-hmm. call me by your name mm-hmm. such a great song Yes, I love the movie. I love the movie and I love the song. Yes, and, and I love the music video too. <laughs> great video, and I've got to say, obviously we need lyrically tweaking, but I think he wouldn't feel out of place in Eurovision if he was a, a European artist. Fuck no! It sounds. I mean, it fits the t- the criteria. It's under three minutes musically. Yeah, and, it's and a way it's, up- to me, it could represent like one of the Latin like Latin European countries. I think it would sound perfect for them. Easily, I would much rather have a little Nas X in in Eurovision than, for example, I don't know, Flo Rida. Uh, it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, no, but seriously though, it's he would fit the bill perfectly. Um, though the songs he makes are two minutes too short of a Eurovision song, but he could do something about that. Yeah, like that wouldn't be a problem. Fun. I would love to. I would love to see that. Maybe yeah. maybe I'll make a song with Lil Nas and. And enter it like another year. Like who knows? That ne- needs to happen. It needs to happen. Yeah, doesn't that need to happen? Can anyone who listens to this podcast please just reach out to Lil Nas X and say work with Big Daddy Kushner or it just makes or sense. God is going to get you or something like that. Uh, so I mean, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that rap it's such it really does. A, like you said, it's the biggest music scene worldwide. And yet it's never made a big impact on the Eurovision mm-hmm. stage. I mean, 1995, Love City Groove represented the UK with mm-hmm. their song Love City Groove, first ever rap act on Eurovision. But other than a few small moments of rap, it's never been a big thing. Is there any reason, do you think, for that? Or is it just... 
I think there's there's many reasons for that. I think one of the biggest reasons are bad representation of rap music in general when it happens in the Eurovision. Like it's it's the most time you hear people rap in the Eurovision, it's not rappers rapping. It's somebody trying to to do a gimmick because it's a popular thing to do and it sucks. Um, that's just me, me being honest. Another thing is that it doesn't and like until like maybe the past five to ten years, it's it's it it hasn't fit the platform because it's been too it's been too too hard and too too yeah i hate using this term but to mask in a way for 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 the competition uh but the way people rap these days you can put it into almost any genre and um i hope that it's that more people who actually are rappers who actually are good at what they do uh enter songs into the competition and i think it's just uh, and i think it's just a matter of time because and actually this year there were two acts in Melody Grand Prix alone where they were rapping. <laughs> right, Tobias sucked, but that's not their fault. Um, and um, or maybe it's just because I don't like the way they they use the the tool. But it's it's yeah. it's I think I think it will will come more and more. Um, just because it, it is the biggest genre in the world, and it will be that for a good while still. Like it, it's not it's not dubstep. It's not going to go away in two years. It's been the biggest genre for almost ten years now, and it's going to keep yeah. being the biggest genre for a long time. So there will be more rap representation in Eurovision for sure. I think it'd be good to see. I mean, maybe Flo Rida for with Sen Hit is a start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Are there any rap artists you would like to see represent their countries at Eurovision? Is anyone you could give a shout out to? Oh, Lady Leisure. Lady Leisure would be massive. That would be extremely cool. Um, I could also see like a more uh, masculine take on it, like Devlin could have done it. Right? I have a big thing for UK rappers. So um, I think those yeah. are rappers that would do very well in that. But it's it's got to be a rapper who's not who, who doesn't do too doesn't have too much of a of a hard expression because i think that will frighten away a lot of voters and they will think that this is not going to fit but i think if you can do it in a smart way that appeals to everyone like you constantly see on the on the hit lists that it's possible then i think a lot at least like devlin lady leisure um and and other rappers like that could do very well yeah. in a competition like that it's, yeah, over, it's absolutely. overdue i think yeah it's way overdue so uh, we've already sort of touched on this aspect of uh, the podcast think about eurovision it's not just a eurovision podcast because uh, me and kim we both love drag race and i know you are a fan of drag race as well oh my god i love drag race <laughs> i can't get enough of it. I fucking love it. And can we talk about how the UK season this season was a lot better better than the American one? I mean, like, yeah, for real? so much better. Like for real? Like there are no Biminis or or uh, uh, Lauren Sherney or uh, Ahoras or Tases in in this season of of the US show. And uh, I love it. Like, put them bitches in their places. Show them who's boss. Yeah. <laughs> um, very much here for it. I, I, what I like about uh, the difference between the UK drag race and American drag race is the UK drag race, RuPaul, you know, she got 
angry at Joe Black calling his drag regional. It's like, but that is what UK drag is. It is all very regional. It was an H&M jacket. It was an H&M jacket. You, like, I, I, I get it. I get that RuPaul gets mad. She's, she's been on a flight for 12 hours. She's been two weeks in quarantine. And this bitch shows up wearing an H&M jacket. Like, I would be mad too. I would be pissed. I was like, learn how to sew, ho. This is this is this is this is not a drag competition at a local bar. This is the biggest stage in the fucking world. Like, step your pussy up. This is not okay. So you feel strongly about that, then? No, I I just feel strongly about a lot of things, and I got ADHD, and I don't know how to control it all the time. But that's cool. Yeah. So when. Yeah. You- who do you, was a uh, Lawrence Cheney your favorite to win, or were you rooting for Bimini? Or like I, I see that a lot of people were, was rooting for Bimini, and I'm I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Um. I like I would have been happy both with Bimini, Lawrence, or Tace. To be all, honest, all three were really deserving winners. Yeah. But I also love that it was a plus size queen who won. Yes. Because that haven't ha- that hasn't happened before. No, I, uh, I did a little bit of research. The first winner of Drag Race Thailand was plus size as well. Um, oh, but I don't read Drag Race. I don't read Drag Race. No. I can't. I can't. Like, I tried to watch Holland, and it was like, no, the wordplay and, and and jokes are not translating the way I wanted to. And it's not. It's not to be shady. It's just like that. It's it's not the same. No. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to read a Drag Race book with moving pictures. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Um, but. Um, yeah, but I like. I think there should have been plus size winners before. Agreed. I think Ginger Min should have won her season. I think Eureka O'Hara definitely should have won hers. I'm a big Eureka fan. I think Nina West should have won her season. No, she shouldn't. No, you disagree on that one. She shouldn't. I love. I, I loved her, but she shouldn't have won. She wasn't the best competitor. But she she makes a brilliant miscongeniality. Oh. oh, definitely. She she she. She, she, that was completely correct. Yeah, I love that she got that. <laughs> that title was made for her. But yeah, agree on Ginger Minj. Brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant drag performer and just hilarious when, when uh, Ginger Minj did Adele on the Snatch Game. Yeah, Perfect. oh, it's, it's magical. <laughs> did I sing it? <laughs> no, it wasn't a very good song then. It was, it's, 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 it's magical. I love yeah. it. I really but, do. But with uh, Drag Race UK, I was overjoyed when Lawrence won because Lawrence was my pick. And I thought, when I saw everyone saying Bimini, like Team Bimini on Twitter, as much as I love mm-hmm. Bimini and would not have been upset if Bimini won, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I just really want Lawrence to win. I'm a bit of an underdog rooter. I always root for underdogs. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence, just my type of humour. Yeah. I, I But I, I got to say, I was a little taken aback by the way she acted uh, towards... Um... Oh, uh, what's the other Scottish queens? Uh, Ellie Diamond. Fuck. Ellie Diamond, when she did the pecking, uh, the, the uh, start order for the roast and, and the way she acted out, that was very childish. Like, I hope you learned from that. If you ever listen to this, Lawrence, you should be more adult about situations like this because that was not okay. You look like a child. Yeah, it's, uh, a, but it's a competition. Yeah. Someone's going to get fucked over at some point. Yeah, that's just the way it is. And if you don't know how to take it in, maybe you shouldn't be on a show for gay guys. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I'm being an idiot. Who's your, who's your pick to win uh, Drag Race US 13? Uh, as long as it's not Candy Muse, I'm okay. <laughs> Agreed. 
<laughs> like I I uh, love Rose, uh, but I also love Gottmik. But I think it's like two. It's two very different queens um, with very different qualities. And I think that I like um, the way Rose performs more. But I love Gottmik's looks more than I love Rose's. But I also think that Rose does really good looks as well. So I think I'm leaning towards Rose. But as, as I said, as long as it's not Candy Muse, because that bitch is annoying. Let's be I, honest. I can't see. I, I don't understand how Candy Muse is so fine to the competition. It makes no sense no. to me. It's like it's like it's like an unpolished Vanessa Vanjie Matteo who just got out of quarantine as a bear. <laughs> It's just facts. I'm not trying to be shady. It's just facts. Not a joke, just a fact. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, I, I am definitely, for me, between Rose and Gottmik. Either of those two yeah. win, I'll be overjoyed. I wouldn't be sad if Simone wins as well. Um, no, I wouldn't be sad if Simone won, won either. But she's like, she started struggling. out so strong. Struggling recently. She started out so strong. And I was like, oh, shit, this is over before it even started. Simone is going to win everything. Yeah. This is done with. And now it's, it's, it's like for the past like four challenges, she's been like either safe and close to the bottom or in the bottom. Yeah. And it's not how you yeah. want the end of a contest to go. No, no, it's not the way. It's like, it's like when I, when I, when Astina won, won her first challenge of, uh, of the UK Drag Race. I was also, I had like the same kind of feeling I had when Simone started winning. I was like, oh, she's going to go all the way. Fortunately, Estina got kicked out. But yeah, you, see, you get my point. It's like, if, if you don't, if you can't keep it up throughout the competition, um, what, what more is there to say? What more is there to do? I was a kiss of death for Drag Race UK because I thought Joe Black was going to win. And then he went first one. And then I was like, fine. <laughs> and then okay. he went first when he came back as well. <laughs> and then I thought Astina Mandela was going to win. And I seen her in the second week. I was like, I'm going to stop making predictions now. <laughs> but like, I, I love Joe Black as a personality. I just, I, I just don't think that uh, they were... Uh, they are a drag queen that fits that sort of competition. Drag, yeah, drag race is not the competition for Joe Black. Drag, no, killer, you can. You, on the other can, hand, yes, like, but you, like, you can be an amazing drag queen and not do good in drag race. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 more than just performing. It's more than just putting together looks. It's it's the like it's it's a competition where you have to be super versatile, like me. Um, I, it's it's. <laughs> It's not for everyone. I, I still um I, I still find it weird thinking of Joe Black as a drag queen because I've I've known Joe Black's career before drag. Uh like when, when Joe um did just cabaret, dark cabaret performances before he started doing drag. So it's like still really weird for me seeing Joe Black as a drag queen. Oh, he's not always been a drag queen? No. Um so he used to perform as Joe Black as a boy. Oh. Uh but like doing like dark cabaret, like playing accordion, musical saw ukulele piano oh really um seeing like really dark twisted songs really good at that sort of stuff well maybe if it did better in the competition i would know that because i would have done my research <laughs> <laughs> no i'm being shady i'm sorry it's fine I, i'm a big fan of be people being shady it's good fun okay good good i'm not evil i'm just shady <laughs> so uh once the world starts to return to normal have you any plans on touring europe 
oh my god like a suit i have i have a booking agent who works out of belgium who uh is uh starting to plan for um for doing the 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 booking rounds so we'll see like every i would go anywhere that would book me uh as long as the money is right and and uh, so as, as long as as every as as long as everything is the way they're supposed to be and it's a it's a good event or and the money's good I, i will come anywhere and i will but fingers crossed yeah but i i what i really 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 want to do is do bear events and, and pride festivals throughout europe that's one of my one of my biggest goals to do that and then i want to try to 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 do the same in the us yeah because yeah i've been touring norway up and down for for a few years now and i'm just eager to to get out and entertain the world yeah yeah that's what i want one of the best pride events i think is uh pride in berlin csd berlin it's such oh, a good event uh, i've been to it a couple of times now it's so good and oh i've never been to pride in berlin i've like obviously i've spent a lot of time at wolf uh <laughs> and <laughs> and prince next but like i i haven't been to like a real pride event there no, it's probably I, dope that is the one i would recommend over any of the ones in the uk it's such a good inclusive atmosphere and it's a proper party atmosphere i find uh-huh. in berlin um I, i've also heard very good things about brighton pride I've never been to that one, no, but I have never heard it's a good party event. Yeah, I've I've only been to regional ones, uh, Pride in London and CSD Berlin. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'm I wanna I wanna like I wanna play everywhere where people would want to see me. Um, so yeah, get at me if you come to the UK. I will be there. You promise? Promise. Okay. Um. <laughs> So, thank you for joining me. Uh, where can people find you online? People can find me on Instagram at big.d.kashten. Kashten is K-A-R-S-T-E-N. Um, at Big Daddy Kashten on Twitter. Um, Big Daddy Kashten on Facebook. Big Daddy Kashten on your preferred streaming platform. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting about Eurovision, rap and drag queens. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for for having me. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Right then, so uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the um, show, Big Daddy Carsten. I really appreciate your time. Uh, So next time we will be looking at Eurovision 1974. That's going to be a good one. I cannot wait for that one. So until next time, bye. Bye.